0: If have your Bibles this morning, we're going to begin in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you would keep your Bibles open, we're going to do quite a bit of flip-flopping this morning. Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes was written by a very interesting character in the Bible. He was said to be one of the richest men to ever live and one of the wisest men to ever lived. And in his youth, he was both easily. Uh, however, in, in all of his wisdom and in all of his knowledge, we all know the, the route that Solomon took. We all know the shape that he found himself in. And uh, and that just goes to show you, and we're not going to dwell on that part today, that goes to show you that, that no matter how wise one may be, one, one still messes up. One, one still ends up in places he ought not be. And, and Solomon ended up in a lot of places that he ought not be. But he, he come to a conclusion, and, and kind of in his older years, he, he realized and recognized where he was, and, and God kind of showed him some things. And, and right here at the end of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, He said, we're going to read verse number... uh, Let's start verse number 13. Chapter number 12 of Ecclesiastes, verse number 13. Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, now I've been through, I've done, I have seen it all. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So the conclusion of the whole matter, when it is all said and done, Solomon said that what counts what matters, what is right, what is godly, what is righteous. He said, in conclusion, you have seen it all, you have heard it all. And in the book of Proverbs, and the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes down a lot of things that we consider to be great wisdom from a great man of God, used of God, and, and essentially great wisdom from God. And he said, the conclusion of the whole matter boils down to two things. Fear God and keep His commandments. Today I want to ask the question, what is it that we fear? We can fear a lot of different things, but if if God is not at the top of that list, then we are in the wrong. We can be scared of the dark, but if we are not more fearful, more respectful of God than we are of the dark, we are in trouble. We can fear heights, but if we are not more fearful, if we are not more respectful or reverent to God than we are of the dark, then we are in trouble. This morning, what is it that we fear? When I was in high school, we was sitting behind the baseball field at at Pine watching a softball game. And a kid had driven his truck back there and he had... he had beer in the back of his truck. And there was probably a dozen of us sitting back there, and, and, and at least two of them went to the church uh, right down the road from where I did. And we were sitting back there watching a softball game, and, and one of them pulled a beer out and said, Hey, who wants one? Daddy ball. And they began to pass them around. There was a dozen of us back there. And Ten of them got him a beer. And me and the, the guy sitting next to me said, Hey, do you want one? I didn't want one because I'd been raised different. But I didn't want one because I was scared to death of what my daddy would do. I knew. I knew that there was a pretty good chance we were the only ones back there. None of these other guys knew who my daddy was. We were back in the, in the outfield, if you know the, the, the hill that goes down right behind the softball field. We were in right field watching the game. And I knew that, that there was a pretty good chance that I could probably get away with it. But there's a big difference in fearing something enough to, to do it when you think you're going to get away with it. And fearing something, fearing somebody, having a, a, enough respect for right and wrong, having enough respect for the way you were raised, having enough respect for the commandments of the, the person in authority over you to say no even when you know you're not going to get caught. There's a big difference in that. Because you can say no whenever you know that you're not going to get caught and you're saying no for the right reasons. So whenever whenever they said, well, hey, do you, do you want a beer? I said no. And it wasn't because I was afraid I was going to get caught. It was because... I feared my daddy. Not because I was scared to death that he was going to beat me to no end, although that played a little bit of a part in it. I knew that he had taught me that it was wrong. I knew that he would be disappointed in me. I knew that I would lose his respect. I knew and and feared him to the point that he had raised me the, the the, the same way that God raises us. He says, fear God and keep his... Commandments. What it is we fear, that it is we obey. Socrates said that. What it is we fear, that it is we obey. If you did not fear the highway patrol, you would do 100 everywhere you went. You would roll through every stop sign. You would not pay a lick of attention to red lights. But you fear one of two things when you're driving. You either fear your safety, your safety of your kids in the vehicle, or you fear the highway patrol. On the interstate, it's pretty safe to go five miles over the speed limit. But whether or not we fear the highway patrol enough to do it is a different question. If we fear them, then we're not going to do it. We're going to follow the speed limit. We're going to obey the law. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. The question I want to pose this morning is, do we fear God enough to follow His commandments? Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. It all boils down to the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep His commandments. If we are going to fear God, we are going to respect Him the same way that we should. We ought to. Our parents but we're also going to keep his commandments. Solomon said this is the whole duty of man not because you may or may not get caught not because you may or may not get away with it not because someone may or may not be watching but because God shall bring verse 14 every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil so on this earth we may not get caught we may get away with it but no sin goes unpunished you cannot do wrong and get by that's what the song says you cannot do wrong and get by no matter how hard you may try that song writes itself don't it? you cannot do wrong and get by so whenever it boils down to it if we can go out and get hammered drunk, exactly what the Bible tells us not to do, that means we don't fear God enough. If we can go out and cuss like a sailor and use God's name in vain, that means we don't fear God enough. If we can go a week, two weeks, three weeks without reading and studying God's Word the way He tells us to, that means we don't fear God enough. If we refuse to pray, if we refuse to evangelize, if we refuse to be missionaries as, as Jesus told us to do, if, if we refuse to be a witness to, uh, of Him, then that means we don't fear God enough. And the question that I have this morning is, is why not? Why do we not fear God? We understand that that whenever Sodom and Gomorrah found them play, themselves in, in about the same shape as America is today, God said, I'm going to destroy you." But God said, I'm a sparrow. If Abraham could find how many righteous people? <coughs> he started off at a bunch. How many did he get down to? He did everybody said if you could find anybody other than Lot, right? Just find me somebody that will stand up, somebody that will fear me, somebody, anybody. Just find me a smidge of righteousness. Just find me somebody who is, is trying. God didn't spare that city because Abraham couldn't find nobody. He couldn't find anybody that wanted to worship Him because they chose, rather, to, rather than to fear God, they chose to worship everything else. Turn to Revelation chapter number 22. Actually, let's go to nineteen Revelation 19. In order to better understand the question of what or who do we fear or why do we not fear God the way that we should, We first must understand what it is that we worship. And we all understand that we worship something. This morning in Sunday school it was brought up social media and somebody made the statement, I think it was Brother Dean, that if everybody studied... No. Somebody made the statement, if everybody studied their Bible as much as they do social media, the world would be a different place. And and I believe that. I believe that is 100% true. And the reality of it is, is that whenever everything else is taking up our time and everything else is taking up our energy and everything else is taking up our mind, That means we're worshiping everything else instead of God. John was called up into into the heaven. He was shown some miraculous things. I mean, absolutely mind-blowing things. And you can go back and read it. and, And getting toward the end in chapter number 19, verse number 10, John said, I fell at his feet, talking about the angel that had showed him all of these things. I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. Now an angel appeared to John, showed him all of these great things, and John fell down. He said, I'm going to worship you. Of all the things in our life that is worthy of worship, that we worship, that's not worthy of worship, of all the things that we idolize, of all the things that we give our time to, John had an angel that revealed to him heaven. John fell down to worship. The angel said, See that thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant of thy brother." That have a testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Worship God. Now this is chapter number 19. Flip over. Chapter number 22. I have no idea how long of a time span passed between these two points. But the angel told John that John fell down to worship and the angel said, Worship God, don't worship me. God is the only one worthy of worship. God is the only one that, that you should even be thinking about falling down in front of. Chapter number 22, verse number 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. He did it again. The angel said, John, worship God. Don't worship signs and wonders. Don't worship these visions that you've seen. Don't worship the the places that you've seen. Don't worship the, the deity that showed them to you. And in just a minute... John fell down before the feet of the angel which showed me these things to worship. And he said unto me again, same words, see that thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant of thy brother and the prophets. And of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Twice he had to be reminded. John is is an apostle. John is, is the revelator. He is being used of God to write down some awesome things. And he had to be reminded to worship God. Don't worship people. Don't worship angels. Don't worship things. Worship God. That is it. And whenever we realize and recognize that God is the only thing worthy of our worship. Because in our life we worship a lot of things. We worship a lot of things. Some people worship other people. There are religions today that worship people. There are religions today, and, 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 and back in Elijah's day, they worshipped this They worshipped this image. And, and history tells us that it was made in the image of a bull. It was called Baal. And they worshipped this image. The children of Israel worshipped a gold cow too. In David's day, they worshipped Nebuchadnezzar and this gold idol that he built. And now John sees these great and amazing things. You, you know what all of these things have in common? Two things. People tells, t- t- told them to worship. People told the children of Israel. Aaron told them. He said, hey, let's worship this calf. Nebuchadnezzar said, whosoever don't bow down before this idol is going to be cast into the fire. Number one, it's peer pressure. People pushes them, bless you, toward whatever it is that they're going to worship. John was pushed toward this deity because this angel showed him all of these great things. So it, it was a natural progression for him to place this, this angel way on up above him. And the second thing is, is it's appealing. It's appealing. Do y'all know what Prime Day is? Amazon had Prime Day this past week. And, and the, the dude on the radio I was listening to him while I was driving around, the, uh, the money dude, uh, Dave Dave Ramsey. He he said on the radio, he said said, if you're not going to buy it, if you don't need it when it's not on sale, you don't need it when it is on sale. Right? That makes good sense. But you know why so many people go crazy over Prime Day and buy all sorts of stuff they don't need? Number one, they're pushed in that direction. Fear pressure. Number two, it's appealing. Because whenever I see a, a, a steamer, and I didn't buy anything on Prime Day, but I was told this morning that we need a steamer. So if I see a steamer, and, and, and I don't really need a steamer, but it's marked at 50% off. All of a sudden, I think that I need a steamer. All of a sudden, I think that I need it because it's appealing, because it's something that that catches our eye. It's just like the, the, the serpent said in the Garden of Eden. He, he told Eve, he said, this is what you need, peer pressure. He said, this will make you smart. This will give you knowledge. This will make you as God. He, he pushed her toward it, and he made it appealing. The children of Israel had Aaron build that calf out of gold. He pushed them toward it and he made it out of gold which made it appealing. This angel said, Worship God. There's no gold statue that can compare. There's no... There's no person... There's no deity, there's no thought, there's no revelation, there's no anything that could compare to the God of heaven. It doesn't exist. It's not out there. There's, there's nothing. So whenever it comes to what is worthy of our worship, it's, it's God, that, that's it. Solomon said, that's here the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And if we're going to fear God, we have to worship God. And God alone. We can't find ourselves worshipping entertainment. We can't find ourselves worshipping things that glitter. We can't find ourselves worshipping things that, that make you feel good and things that just make you just tickle your insides. You know the reason, and, and it's not all of them, but it's, it's just the two that I've ever been in in my life. My aunt's a part of a big church out in California. Big church. And she recently left, and I asked why. She said, because it it took me years to figure out that that church was an inch deep and a mile wide. That so much of it was to make you feel good. So much of it was to just just tickle your insides. And, And just to make you feel, oh, it did me so much good to come this morning. I tell you what. But whenever the church becomes entertainment, whenever the word of God is used to make people feel good, rather than to be the convicting power of the Holy Spirit used through God's words, you know, all the time the Bible is not supposed to make us feel good. So many churches, you, you hear, you hear people shouting, screaming, "Amen, Hallelujah." So many times I sit in church and I'm just sitting here thinking, oh man, look what I'm guilty of. This is meant for me. Because I've been found worshiping other things and whenever I say worshiping other things, I mean putting anything ahead of God. Putting anything at all before God is worshiping that thing ahead of God. It's it's idolatry. That's what it is. And in order to fear God the way that we are, the way that we should, we're supposed to worship Him. Deuteronomy, chapter number 10, if you would turn with me. Deuteronomy, chapter number 10. I was in a revival service one morning. And it was a Monday or Tuesday morning. It was early in the week. And it was a 10 o'clock service and a lot of people don't have Morning and night services anymore. This particular service didn't have very many people present. There was probably a dozen, maybe a dozen and a half people in service. And on the way out the door, I heard a guy say, and I have no idea who said it, but it, it caught my ear. I was just out of college. He said, I don't know why we have morning services anymore. There ain't nobody gonna come. And had I been in the place spiritually that I should have been in, I probably should have said something to you. Because that morning, there didn't have to be anybody else in that church. That preacher was preaching to me. I have no idea if anybody else was listening or if anybody else felt the same thing that I felt. I was convicted in that service, and it made a difference in my life. And it, it wasn't something that I left feeling good about. Whenever the word of God gets a hold of us, we're going to we're going to take it one of two ways. We're going to be convicted or we're going to be offended. And today, so many people are the latter. They're offended and say, "Well, well, I don't want somebody to I don't I don't want I don't, I don't want to hear about that." I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about God's love. God's love is that he's just toward us. God's love is that he's righteous toward us. and and, and that means That means that He seeks obedience. He rewards obedience. But He also judges disobedience. We can't have one without the other. It doesn't exist. Deuteronomy chapter number 10. Verse number 12. Now let's back up verse number 11. The Lord said unto me, Arise, take thy journey before thy people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swear unto their fathers and give unto them. And now Israel, what doth uh, the Lord God Require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I commanded you this day for thy good. So, what does God require? God requires that we fear him, that we worship him, that we reverence him, that we love him, that we keep his commandments. Joshua chapter number 24. Joshua was a great man of God used in a great way. Toward the end of his life, he said these words. Joshua 24, 14. He said, Now fear the Lord and serve Him in all sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. This morning it comes down to a very, very, very simple thing. Turn to Matthew chapter number 10. Joshua said, Serve the Lord in all sincerity. Why is so much emphasis put on fearing God in the Old Testament? Why is so much emphasis put on serving the Lord in the Old Testament? It comes right down to what Jesus says in Matthew. Chapter number 10. Verse number 28, Jesus said, Fear not them that are able to kill the body. Fear not them that are able to kill the body. What does that tell us? Who are able to kill the body? Anything other than God. Anything that we fear. Fear not, verse number 28, them that which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. He's talking about people. People. He's talking about the things in this earth. He's talking about the demons and devils and Satan's army of angels. They were cast down. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about all the evil in the world and all the people in the world. He said, fear not them. He said, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. This morning it all comes down to that how healthy and, and and i i never have and i i, I don't intend to, to stand up here and scream and holler hell and, and try to scare somebody into salvation but if we don't have a healthy fear of hell we're in trouble and i'm talking if, if you're saved or you're lost either one but it ain't I, i'm a saved man but i better have a healthy fear of hell or i'm in trouble If we that are saved do not have a healthy fear of hell, how are we to to pray for these that are lost? How are we to try to reach these who are lost if we ourselves say, well, I'm not going to hell. Why does it matter? That that, That is the mindset of so many Christians today is I'm not going to hell. Why does it matter? We come to church to socialize. We come to church for people to see us. We come to church for everything but to be spiritual for God. If we do that, we are wrong. And we don't have a healthy enough fear of hell. Because I've got two little kids back here in the back that one day is going to reach the age that they're going to need a Savior. They're going to reach the age that that they're going to have a fear of hell. And there are kids scattered out in through here and and, and some that ain't even here that need our prayers, that need our life to, to lead and guide them in Jesus Christ, that don't need us to be a hindrance, that don't need us to be a stumbling block, that don't need us to stand between them and God. And, and right now, there's a lot of us who are standing between someone else and God because they see our life and they see, is that a Christian? Is that how God wants us to live? Is that how God wants us to act? That means we don't fear God. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because if we don't fear God, we don't fear hell. For those of you who are here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're your Savior. You better have a healthy fear of hell too. And if you think it's hot in Louisiana, just wait. You die without Jesus. Ain't no air conditioning in hell. Ain't nobody to work on. Lazarus, uh, the, the, the rich man that died, said, Lazarus, just just dip your finger in water. There's no relief. There's no help. It is flames of fire forever. And if you're here and you know that you're lost, and you know that you're without a Savior, then that fear better become very, very real to you. Because if you die without Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you die in unbelief... Well, let's turn and read it. Isaiah chapter number 55. If you die without Jesus Christ, if you die without a Savior, in hell you will lift your eyes, not just for one day, not just for a little while, not just for some time, not but Forever. Isaiah chapter number 55, verse number 6. He says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. I want to underline two things in this verse. He says, while he may be found. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you may not be able to call on him tomorrow. If you're here and and, and you're praying for someone in your family who is lost, you may not be able to call on him tomorrow. Fear God today. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Verse number 7, let the wicked forsake his Way, those of you who aren't saved this morning, the only way to receive Jesus Christ into your life, the only way to be saved is to repent, to believe. You cannot have one without the other. Let the wicked turn from his wicked, uh, forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I want you to imagine, if you will, square right here on the ground. Three feet by three feet. And I'm standing in the middle of it. And this square is where the guilty is. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of all sorts of things. Everything from, from, from the day that I was charged with my son, from the day that I was born, to now, I have been a sinner. And all of those things, every wrong that I've ever committed, every lie I've ever told, I deserve to burn in hell for. I deserve it, every one of them. You know how long I deserve to burn in hell for? Same length of time as you. For eternity. We deserve to die and go to hell. Mackenzie stood up and sung a song this morning. His life for mine. You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, you step over here and I'll part you. And Jesus took our place in hell. Jesus took our place on the cross. Jesus said, your life for mine. And Solomon said, Solomon said the whole thing, the whole duty of man comes down to fearing God, which is a respect and a reverence for Jesus Christ who took our place and keeping His commandments. And if we cannot do that, then... And we don't see hell that God saved us from (coughs) Near about as hot as we should This morning if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior The Bible says Whosoever is called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Isaiah said if man will turn from his ways Will repent of his wicked ways Accepting Jesus Christ as God will save you But it has to be both You have to turn it loose You have to let go of whatever's holding you back for those of us who are saved, we cannot worship God without a fear of Him. We cannot follow God without a fear of Him. We cannot hold a worship service at this church without a healthy fear of God and following His commandments. And I pray to God that we can do that better. That we can fear Him. That we can follow Him. And above all, that we can be about His work every day. While we have a verse of song, we're going to ask for a verse of invitation.